Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Welcome back, everybody. We are back here at Bitcoin Roundtable. This is uh, week 28 for us. Uh, Vince here. I'm here with Darren. Hello. Libby, of course. And we have a special guest this week. His name is Mark Dukas, and he is from Bitcoin Smart Money. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, It's a pleasure. Now, Mark, we did a little bit of reading on Bitcoin Smart Money, but what we'd like to do is we'd like to open up the floor to you to... Tell us a little bit about the beginning. How did you get the idea behind Bitcoin Smart Money and where are you looking for it to go? Sure. So I first learned about Bitcoin and crypto assets in 2012. And it took me another 15 to 16 months before I first started buying uh, my Bitcoin. And once I fell down that rabbit hole, I started understanding the valuation models behind what Bitcoin could do and the power behind the fundamentals of Bitcoin as an asset class. And when I realized that, I I knew I had to start taking it more seriously. I had worked in outside sales and sales management for over 10 years, but I had really started to understand the intricacies of how it could be Digital Gold 2.0. And when I saw that it had return on investments, uh, you know, it had done really well, you know, in its early days. And it obviously gone through the Mt. Gox problem and bear market from 2013 to 15. Right. I had decided that it kind of had the Lindy effect going on where it, it didn't go away. It was an asset that had potential. It had a lot of really good things going forward. It just had some negatives uh, uh, new asset classes go through when they're in the media spotlight. So I started Bitcoin Smart Money in 2015 and started teaching people about crypto assets, how to safely store them, how to buy them, how to sell it. And I trade full-time using an algorithm, which I call the Smart Money Algorithm, as well as using a few different time frames. I've traded the stock market for many years, and I use daily charts on those trades. But with crypto being 24-7, 365, I use a faster time frame. I use the 480-minute chart for uh, my crypto trades. And it seems to have done really well. And even through this bear market, I was able to get out at reasonable times. And, you know, even today on the uh, 240, which I look at for kind of the shorter term moves, uh, I've got the first buy on it on the 240 that I've had in quite a number of weeks. So it's a pretty interesting day to be talking to you guys. And that's kind of my story and journey into crypto. Very cool. Now, it says on your website, it is a website dedicated to guiding technology investors. Now, my question is, at what level of an investor do you work with? Do you work with strictly the beginner investor or are you working with all aspects from the beginner right up until like yourself, who we'll call professional? Sure. So I've worked with people that are looking to just put a a few dollars a week into crypto and to build a a long-term portfolio. And I've also worked with people that have, you know, seven figures to deploy into crypto. It it doesn't hurt to put two to 3% of your net worth when you have 10 to $15 million. And I've worked with a a couple of clients that have uh, larger net worths, but I'd say the majority of the people I work with are just regular nine to five folks looking to put a few thousand dollars to work and try to do it in a safe way. and, And, find some of the better assets and due to the fact that I do this seven days a week and I'm doing it seven days a week for going on four years now I've kind of been able to understand the the right coins to buy and the, the ones to avoid and that's what I try to help people with I also started writing as an analyst for Bitcoin live uh, which has just launched about a month and a half ago and I work there 
with a few other analysts, but one of them being Peter Grant, who's been a longtime trader for about over 40 years, and he's just a wealth of knowledge, a guy I followed uh, before I joined Bitcoin Live, but definitely one of the most seasoned traders I've ever worked with. Uh, so doing working with Bitcoin Live has been also uh, very interesting and, and it has a lot of newer crypto traders uh, that have joined the platform. Right, right. You also mentioned that you were trading before cryptocurrencies. I think you mentioned silver for a while. Would you say it's a lot harder or easier to trade cryptos than for, say, silver, gold, or any of the other commodities? Well, I think cryptos offer a lot more than, say, the, the other metals due to the fact that they move uh, so much more. Uh, so if you're a disciplined trader, you can do very well. Uh, but one of the problems you know, people experience is that they let losing trades run. And that's kind of where I step in and educate people on how to avoid you know, having your losing trades run and how to not cut your winners short, which is kind of the paradigm that people go through and experience in their first few years of trading. And with silver and gold, they're more manipulated, in my opinion, and they're harder to trade uh, due to the fact that crypto is a newer asset class. There's less algos trading them. There's less large institutions right. playing them back and forth. Where silver really has been in such a tight window over the past few years, and it's really been in a bearish window since that big run up in 2011. Right. I personally have been very afraid to get into any kind of crypto trading. I've heard a lot of talk on the street, different chat rooms within Reddit and that, that sort of said that, you know, you can go to sleep and lose your shirt. You mentioned that you do it seven days a week. What if I'm the kind of guy that only has three days a week to put into it? Would you suggest I even start it, or do you really have to constantly be on it 24-7? No, the reason why I do it seven days a week is because it's something I truly love. So it's it's a job that I love doing. But for people that have families and are working full-time jobs at 40, 50 hours a week, you know, there are buy and hold strategies in crypto that, that work. Uh, if you had just bought and held Bitcoin any time up until the beginning of that bull market in 2017, mm-hmm. you would have done really well and been in the black on your return on investment. And I believe we're at another point in uh, crypto assets, mainly Bitcoin and other uh, high performing large caps, where you could buy and hold and look back in two years and have done really well, made over 100% on your investments and i think bitcoin at here at 6500 6600 is starting to make a, a turn and it's made higher lows it's made three bottom prices at 57 5800 yep. i think it looks attractive here at, at this 6500 level so would you say you know and of course no one's got a crystal ball but are you optimistic that the price is going to continue to climb from here on in i'm definitely optimistic over the long term with crypto and especially bitcoin being the king and digital gold yep. so i'm definitely optimistic i see crypto continuing to grow it's a quarter trillion dollar market cap asset class and i think we're going to see this into the trillion dollars in a few years i guess the long-term value of bitcoin and, and other selective cryptocurrencies perhaps i guess if you believe in the product it's it's a pretty easy sell right because it almost has all of the positive aspects of gold plus a couple more i mean you can send it across the world it costs you 10 cents or 15 cents to send a hundred million dollars in bitcoin if you want right at least at this point but as the market 
in cryptocurrencies and probably more specifically Bitcoin and Ethereum as that matures, I can only assume you're going to see more algos and I guess Wall Street getting involved in trading it. Would you say that the volatility, which is a nice thing to have as a trader, can you already see the volatility dropping over time or is it still continuing to be much like it was when you first started it? Sure. So I think when you look at crypto and Bitcoin from a day-to-day perspective, you see a lot of volatility. But what people don't really have seen is that Bitcoin's volatility has actually dropped as the years have gone by, and it's going to continue to drop. So when institutions start to put some of their investments into this market class, I think you're going to see volatility drop and you're going to see market cap rise, which is going to be good for the long-term investor, the mom-and-pop that just wants to put a little bit of their portfolio into this asset class. So I think it'll be good for the volatility, it'll be good for the everyday user, and then it also legitimizes what we're doing in this ecosystem. Right. Right. Okay, I see. And the other aspect I, I think you mentioned was you're also helping people learn how to properly store their Bitcoin. Is that correct? Correct. A background in encryption and safely holding on to these assets. And one of the things that I always recommend people to do is to have a hardware wallet, which is a form of a cold storage device where you can store your crypto assets. Now, some of these hardware wallets only have some of the top 20, 25 coins on them. And part of the portfolio, when I help people set up their portfolio, I have them you know, buy one or two coins that are higher risk, higher reward options if that's in their risk matrix. And the reason why you can make so much money on some of these coins is because the barrier to entry and the barrier to maintain them is more difficult. So as it becomes easier and more people are onboarded into this, the higher rewards will go down over time. The reason why we're rewarded in Bitcoin early on is because there weren't so many on-ramps that that we have today. You know, we have the Cash App through Square. We have Coinbase making it easier. We have Coinbase's storage vault. Uh, We have multiple different hardware wallets like Ledger, Trezor, KeepKey. Those those weren't around and as uh, savvy as they are today. Uh, And, you know, when you have some of these coins that have lower market caps that aren't available on these devices. What I do is I help people set up encrypted USB drives where they could store their coins on them in a safe, secure manner. Right. So, I mean, before the hardware wallet, all I saw was on Reddit, I'd be referred to a website that was basically called the Glacier Protocol. I don't know if you're familiar right. with that, but it's, it's a series of approximately, what, 20 to 30 steps of how to actually secure your Bitcoin. And yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's definitely becoming easier. Yeah. And then you have back in the old days, people would store their coins on their hard drive and then have hard drive failure. So <laughs> thousands upon thousands of coins lost. And, yes. And, stored on these hard drives that people can't access and those are the early days well nobody really cared when it was uh 10 cents or 20 cents right it's now that it's at you know what 66 or even there back in january when it got almost to 20 people started saying all right i can't have 80 90 200 000 sitting on my computer at home definitely and, and i'm actually writing an article right now for bitcoin live about understanding crypto wallets and the different ways that you could store it because there's you know mobile wallets on your cell phone which i i look at as that's like the wallet you keep in your back pocket you don't store a lot of cash on it but you store a little bit that you could spend with 
Right. And there's your checking account where you pay your bills and you get your paycheck. And, and that could be, say, a desktop or a laptop wallet. And then there's the hardware wallet, which is your savings or your money market account. And that's where you store the bulk of your assets in a bulk of your free cash flow, you know, your rainy day fund. Uh, that's how I manage it. Right. I really have to just, you know, look a couple bucks on my mobile phone that I'll use to, to load onto a debit card, need to make payments. And then the rest of it is really stored in cold storage and a fireproof safe that is locked away. From your perspective, um, I try to get an idea of the the market on Bitcoin, like I guess the short to midterm. I wind up ultimately going to tradingview.com and then uh, taking a look at all these guys, I guess amateurs and professionals doing their charting and forecasting. I'm curious what your view of TradingView is. I suspect there's a lot of shilling going on there or perhaps people are paid to project um, the opposite of where the market is probably going to go but I'm, I'm just curious about your thoughts on trading advice in general on the internet unless it's you know a special membership paid or something like that definitely uh, i think trading view has a handful of traders on there and just just like anything where there's it's free to post or or tweet you know crypto twitter is a place where it's just sometimes it can be diabolical spatting of information and there could be good information but there's so much out there that you have to weed through the the crap to find some of the better traders out there and there are a handful of people that put out good content Uh, but i think if you can find a mentor or find a, a group that works for you it could be good but i always advise is you know once you find your mentor is to come up with a, a trading strategy that that works for your trading style and then follow it to a t the only way to do well as a trader is to be disciplined and uh, to have patience so discipline and patience i think are two of the most overlooked uh, things in finance because people want wealth right away they want it instantly and so and especially in crypto when people can see that you know millions can be made uh, within a year so I think you know having that trading plan, having that discipline, and finding a system that works for you is the way to really be successful in the long term. Because you can hit a few right here and there, but you're going to follow and unfollow so many people that could potentially get confused. So, you know, finding a good group to surround yourself with is very important. When you are trading, do you trade on margin, or are you you basically just um, using like a one to one type of ratio? And I, I'm wondering to add to that question what do you advise uh, people who come to you for advice or looking to invest in cryptocurrency what's your general take on leverage you know I, I never trade on margin I never traded on margin when I traded equities I, I look at crypto as already having leverage built in and using platforms like BitMEX that can give you up to 100x it's more to me of a, a propaganda selling uh, protocol for them and you know if you're going to use any leverage on say even one broker which i've used before for equities or even bitmex using no more than you know three to five x is is all you really need for crypto but i i personally just trade crypto uh, regular trades you know on binance or bitrex and i I don't think leverage is needed Uh, you know unless you're going to make smaller trades and looking for some more swing opportunities and you kind of want to spice things up but i just try to look at things from the big picture and the macro uh, game plan and for me that's to slowly build wealth over time using 
sound discipline. And I do that through finding good quality coins, looking for good setups, and then following the system and algo that I have in place. And, you know, when you try to get happier than happy, things can go uh, awry. So I just try to keep it simple and follow the few rules I have in place and follow those setups every time. If I'm wrong, I'm out. And if I'm right, I let it run. My original Bitcoin long came in October of 2015. And it didn't go short until February of this year. So we're talking you know, a number <laughs> wow. of years on a long daily trade. Yeah. You know, from 250, I think it was the trade came in at 263, and the setup started at 250. And then it didn't exit till you were over 10K. And right. Even along that ride, you know, I took some profits along the way, but never took the entire position off the table because the trade tells you to stay in the trend. So I really like to follow those rules and, and be a trends trader. And when the trend changes, you know, I've got to change my position. And that's why I think we're at an interesting point here at the 6,500 level. We need to take out 6,800, 6,850. Uh, but we're at an interesting point here. You know, we're closer to a bottom than a top. You know, I listened to a couple of Tone V's uh, YouTube videos and I got kind of depressed <laughs> because he's ultimately talking about Bitcoin at two or three thousand uh, before it starts to go on a bull run again. And, you know, you'll never say that's a for sure thing, but it definitely, I guess, gave me a good reality check. And I do personally, I'm not recommending it, but I do feel that this is a decent time for a long-term uh, investment in Bitcoin. I, I dollar cost average, so I just buy in a bit every month. What I recommend too was dollar cost averaging. You know, sometimes with Tone's predictions, uh, I met him a few years ago here in Charlotte when he, he came down to Cryptolina and uh, you know, spoke to him about options trading, which he had done a little bit of, and I had some experience trading options. But when he's making these price predictions, you know, sometimes they can be outlandish, just it generates reaction. And right. that's what Tone needs to do is generate some reaction in people. Uh, that's how you gain feedback, you gain traction, you gain followers, and that's part of his business model. Uh, I don't personally see Bitcoin hitting 2,000. The main reason being is you've got a limited supply asset. You know, the first time we've able to have digital scarcity with Bitcoin and it being at this leaderboard first advantage, mover advantage network effect and limited supply, I don't see, you know, the big time traders letting it get down to the $2,000, $3,000 price point. Right. What do you feel is coming with the next halvening, which I, I think is in the midpoint of the year 2020? Like, I guess so many different viewpoints from various people. And I mean, honestly, I just don't know. But it, it's quite interesting to hear uh, John McAfee or, you know, Tom Lee and some others predict. I think someone predicted Bitcoin at 600,000 U.S. in the year 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you got Tim Draper also. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just find it so interesting that it's so wide open in their prediction side of things. But uh, you know, their prediction is strictly a random number that they've come up with that is increased in value due to supply decreasing. It's simple economic. You know, some people have a, a whole number. You know, twenty five thousand sexy, fifty thousand is sexy, two hundred fifty thousand is you know. Yeah. So you, know, you have to look at it from that point of view. No one, no one knows that. So, but they're making their prediction based on limited supply and more demand and that's what we see happening here with the crypto markets and that's why we think that price is going to be you know in the six-figure range in the, in the 2020s right and i think the happening is good for crypto you know it tells you every four years that we're going to have 
less of a, a digital asset available and we have more people using it over time. We have the Lightning Network, which has grown tremendously in 2018. Yes. And I, I think these things are positive. You have thousands of people working in the, the Bitcoin and crypto ecosystem, putting their man hours behind these, let's say, large cap companies. With Apple, you have you know 10,000 employees or how many employees they have working just on Apple-defined products. Yeah. Where Bitcoin, you have people working on layers upon layers of businesses that are going to be in this digital realm for years to come. And I think we're just at exciting times. It's changed so much in three years, and I can't imagine now with this many people in it how it's going to be uh, in the next three years. And I, I think we can see this growth continuing. I hope so. <laughs> I think you said you got into it around 2012 or you learned about it and, and such. You were one of the, I would say, early adopters, at least from 2018 standpoint. Do you have friends that you mentioned Bitcoin to or advised to buy that didn't? It- sure. So, you know, I learned about it in that year, but I didn't start buying it until 2014. Right. Which, looking back, is now, it's great because I bought close to the once that bear market started bottoming and it built that saucer bottom at that 200, 250 level. So I was dollar cost averaging like you. My wife and I made a bunch of sacrifices to be able to have extra money. Like we sold her car and we commuted together and did things like that just to put that extra money to work. I had told people I was gonna quit my, my job of 12 years and start Bitcoin Smart Money. and. I was, you know, so excited about Bitcoin when I was 250. I remember telling uh, a friend of mine when I just moved to Charlotte about, you know, man, this thing went from 250 to 290, like a 25% return. Like that takes you know, two years on average, two and a half years on average uh, for the S&P 500. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin is just going to revolutionize the world. I had, you know, one of my buddies moved to Charlotte and every day we had you know, worked out together and I talked to him about the crypto markets and just had told him, you know, this is going to change the world eventually and honestly 90% of the people I told didn't buy the only yeah. people that really bought that were that were close to me were my family members like my mom my dad my sister good my oldest daughter <laughs> actually one day came up to me and she had all her money from Christmas and all her money that she had earned and she said dad if I give this to you how much Bitcoin will you you know sell <laughs> I sold her at the time she had been doing it at you know 350 to $420 she had bought it from me and she has a uh, quite a nice chunk of change so Excellent. she's into it now so that's kind of cool too uh, it's good to hear a positive story yeah some people sure. are actually listening and making the purchase so you living in north carolina we are up uh, about two hours north of toronto what is the talk out there and i don't mean amongst bitcoin smart money i just mean the talk in the coffee shops and the bars and the gyms out on the street are people talking about bitcoin are they talking about crypto so i've lived all over so i lived in austin and then on both sides of the coast of florida and charlotte is a financial center with a a lot of banking aspects to it. And they're kind of a stodgy community. It's a really small niche group of people out here. So you don't really see too many people talking about it. I I wear crypto shirts out in public all the time. In bigger cities, I get more feedback. You know, when I was in New York most recently, when I was there instantly, I had people coming up to me and saying, you know, nice shirt, or that's awesome. Right. Uh, but here in Charlotte, it's, it's less than you'd expect for such a large uh, financial center. I'd say Texas and Florida 
have a lot more going for it. You know, that South Florida area, Tampa, Miami, there's more going on, more chatter. Uh, Charlotte seems to be a little bit later to the party, uh, just due to that financial stock sense going right. on. Uh, but I think they'll catch on eventually, and you'll have the, the herd mentality come into crypto. You know, they'll buy at higher prices eventually uh, instead of buying at the, at the lower end of things. And that's just how markets work over time, and I think we'll see that again here. That's sort of what I found in and around the Toronto area, where it's very small niche groups of people who uh, even are willing to talk about it. Darren and myself, we live in you know, rather smaller centers. And I still get some very closed views on Bitcoin. And, you know, even today, some people I talk to about Bitcoin, all they've got to bring up is the Mt. Gox collapse. I often get people telling me, oh, what are you doing? Looking to buy drugs? I think there's something holding back the adoption rate from exploding. And I believe that media isn't helping this. And on a second note to that, we've found that after we started this podcast, we've been doing some tests with people. You know, go out and try and buy Bitcoin. It's honestly not that easy for the non-tech individual to actually sit down and try and purchase Bitcoin. I mean, that's by intent though, right? A lot of the banks and the established finance industries, it's obvious that they don't really like Bitcoin because a lot of their income is generated from fiat. The banks, yeah, they don't like Bitcoin and crypto buyers because it impacts their business. Then you've got also custodian solutions, which would really help the average user onboard into this, this ecosystem. So that's first and foremost, that's probably the way that mass adoption will occur when it's easier for people to have a different type of custodian solution where they don't have to manage the private keys. And then thirdly, the reason why you can make so much money in this new asset class is due to those difficulties right there, right. one and two. Right. But on August 10th, the SEC's ruling about the Bitcoin ETF, and that could really be a very big bullish factor that, that could you know drive this market back to new all-time highs in the next 12 months. Hmm. Uh, you know that coupled with I think BlackRock today said that they are looking at exploring uh, blockchain technology and uh, I think crypto assets. So you know those type of rumblings happen. Uh, it starts that snowball effect. So I guess in a way we should be happy that it's still difficult to get a hold of. So you jump through the hurdles, you get a hold of it, and you know that you're basically an early adopter. And once it becomes easier to purchase, it's a lot more people will be buying, but at a much higher price, obviously. Yes. That's the way I look at it. I mean, we're in the third inning here. Yeah. Do you have any qualms whatsoever or concerns that Bitcoin may actually go to zero? I don't. I mean, regulation hurts the price due to the speculative people piling into the cell door, which causes price to collapse. But the Lindy effect states in technology, you know, the longer an asset class remains around, the lesser chance it has to go to zero. So every day that we're trading at, look at 6,000, you know, a year ago, 2,500 to 3,000 the price was. If you had told me when it was 2,500 that we're going to be at 6,500, I would be so happy. It's just the recency bias of us hitting 20K and now coming down 70%. Right. So yeah. I have no fear that this is going to zero. I don't see crypto going away. Where I think the Western world is a little less uh, in the financial tech sector. When you look at these Asian countries and Asia, how mobile they are with their finances. Yes. I think that you'll see 
that we're heading there. It just takes us a little bit longer, and I think the, it just takes the world a lot longer. You know, there's a there's a law that states, you know, also, and people people overestimate what could happen in, in two years, but they underestimate what could happen in ten years, and that's crypto in in a one sentence nutshell. Mm-hmm. That actually sounds exactly right. <laughs> That's great. Mark, do you have anything else you'd like to tell us about Bitcoin smart money? I don't. I mean, just if people are looking for help, uh, I put out some free content from time to time. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Bitcoin.live. I'm on Twitter at, at BTC smart money. Love helping people, onboarding people. If any, any questions, you can feel free to reach out to me and uh, we can chat. Uh, this is what I do full time and I'm here to help people and educate. Very good. Uh, Libby, can you put some of that stuff up on the, oh, sure. the episode yeah, blog? I, I think you do that anyways. Yeah, for, yeah we, we, we will go ahead and share all that information, Mark, as well. And um, if you don't have anything else... and It's been a great conversation. I, I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great, Mark. We'd love to thank you for coming on our podcast this week, and we wish you a lot of success. Yeah, thanks, Likewise, Mark. guys. Have a great rest of your week. You okay. as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.